Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, you are here with us. You are speaking to us. There's a lot of other sounds uh, that are, are much, much weaker than you, and yet often they appear much louder and much more important. Uh, those sounds could be anxieties of, of work, uh, what people think of us, what people here think of us. Um, it could be uh, things that, uh, that are good, but we think they're a lot more exciting than you. It can be a football game this afternoon. It can be um, possible deer in the woods this afternoon. It can be, and it could just be our idols. And they are idols because they're all created and you're the creator. So I pray that by your spirit, everything would be pushed aside and we would hear you. And we would hear you not from, not from a person, not from me, not from anybody on worship, but, but in your word and by your spirit. And thankfully, you do use people, but ultimately, it is you who are speaking. And so may we know that, and may we give you the glory uh, and the honor and the praise. Um, oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son. Give him the glory, great things he has done. Uh, all, often, we don't know that, and uh, I pray that we would today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Y'all can have a seat. Thankful to our worship team again uh, for leading and facilitating our worship. If you have your Bible, please turn with me to Romans chapter 8. If you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles in the back. We say that every Sunday, and uh, it is very important. Thankful for our children's ministry uh, as they step out uh, again for Jennifer and her leadership and Joe Alice, and if you're a traditional church uh, guy, um, kind of like I am, I was raised in traditional church, then you would know that uh, today is uh, Epiphany Sunday, uh, which supposedly in tradition honors the wise men, and we're obviously not preaching on the wise men, I did that over Advent, uh, but that is uh, not why the Christmas trees are still up, Okay. Uh, they are still up because we just hadn't had time to take them down. So, therefore, I say that before the sermon because everybody's kind of <clears throat> hopefully more locked in. We will be taking them down after the service. So, any able uh, bodies that is willing to help serve, uh, just hang around after the service. Hey, I'd, I'd keep them up till spring break. Y- y'all know me, but uh, we need to get them down. So, uh, that being said, we are starting the year with a series on prayer. Prayer. So we'll be in prayer the next couple weeks, and I'm very convicted about this series, probably so because I would be the first to say, I, I think my prayer life is weak, okay? And I think many of our prayer life is weak. There is a, a pastor writer that I admire, uh, and he did not live in the 20th century, so he's old history guy. His name's John Owen. But John Owen has a quote and said that a pastor can fill the pews and speak to his community, but only only that man on his knees shows all that he truly is. And I believe that. Say it again. Pastor can fill the pews. Pastor can speak to the community, but only... When that man is on his knees is who that man really is. So 
you know, and as I admit, I mean, my, my prayer life can always grow, uh, and I'm very convicted about our prayer life. So I pray each week with the elders, and I pray individually, private prayer each day. But I've, just to let y'all know, I've made four resolutions regarding prayer that I'm resolved to do. Uh, first, I'm reading, I'm sharing this, and maybe it'll inspire you as well, but I'm reading a psalm a day. I actually did this last year. So with the Rise with God reading, which I talked about in the Connect Time, which is most important to me in the life of this church, the Rise with God reading, reading Scripture together, reading a psalm a day. Also, I am going to meditate. I'm going to read the Bible, then I'm going to meditate, which is like listening to God, and then pray. It's number two. Number three, I'm going to pray morning and night, which hasn't always happened. And then number four, I'm going to pray with greater expectancy. Like I expect, God always shows up, but I mean I expect miracles, uh, expect things to happen for me to see him. And they may not be like, and I talked about this Christmas Eve, they might not be or look extraordinary to us. I mean we want the big boom, you know, big miracle, life changing. Could just be very ordinary stuff. Actually, the most often God works is like the very ordinary Getting up, reading your Bible every day, praying every day, simple things. So I'm resolved to do those things. For, for us as a church, you know, I've been thinking about this series uh, from really the fall and then into the Christmas season. But I changed it over the last week. I was going to say, okay, we're going to start the year off and we're going to pray for Bellwether Church. We're going to start the year off and next week, that was supposed to be today by the way, next Sunday we're going to pray for the city of Jackson. In a couple weeks, we're going to pray for the global church and churches and church plants that we support. And then in three weeks' time, we're going to pray for baptisms in our community because that's going to be a baptism Sunday, January 29th. And then God, the Holy Spirit, really moved on me. And instead of saying, we pray for, what about just talking about the prayer life of Bellwether Church? And there is a big, big difference in praying for or the prayer life of a community. Because if our prayer life was just powerful, we wouldn't need to be praying for. It would just kind of like, this would be, you know, a light to the city and to the world. And yeah, we are now, but like more and more. So I kind of want to ask, what's the prayer life of this community? And I don't really, you know, I'm just thinking, I don't really like the answer that, comes to mind. But, you know, I mean, because if it's indicative of me, I know what my prayer life is. So maybe we just need to see what prayer is, and not as a, not an instructing praying for, but Holy Spirit inspired, the prayer life of a person, of a family, of a community. And so that's what we'll do over the next couple of weeks. Because, see, I think we think of prayer... It's really two things. Prayer is, God, I need this. God, I got to do this. It's either need or do. And that's the majority, that's been the majority of my life in prayer. God, I need this. Uh, I need this person healed. Uh, I need to have a child. Uh, I need my marriage stronger. Uh, I need to see fruit in ministry. And then help me do. God, give me strength. Help me do this. Help me do It's need or do. That's really, I'd say 98% of our, I would, not a betting man, I'd bet 98% of all our prayers, that's it. 
need or do. So you're like, yeah, so in that prayer, well, uh, not, not necessarily what you see in the Bible. Yes, you pray for people, and, and, and yes, the Lord works. But as we're going to see, uh, prayer is, is much, much more. And how do, we, how do we get much more in our prayer life? Well, it's what we just sang about, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And so that's why I'm going to uh, Romans 8, which is uh, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And we're going to see a lot on prayer. Uh, that, is very, um, that is very rich in the sense of its, its fullness and its, its depth. Uh, but also that can change everything. I mean, can change. Just said, we're just saying that this can change. This can change everything. Change the life of your church. Can change your life. Can change your relationships. You ever thought about just because maybe maybe prayer is all about us? I need this. I need to do this. Help me do this. You ever thought about that? What if it was just about God, and then God is reflected, and we just give it up, and God God does things. Just saying, just thinking about it. All right, so Romans 8. I'm going to read a longer passage, verse 15 through 27, because I want to highlight a couple things in it. So Romans 8, verse 15 through 27. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing, For the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. All right, you're like, now this is not necessarily a passage on prayer, and there are some things about prayer in there, but I think if you really look closer, it is all about prayer and can change our prayer life by the Holy Spirit. You're like, well, how? How? Well, I think this passage, I got five things quickly to say, five points, okay? 
Like, how are we going to get through? We'll, we'll get there, okay? It shows that prayer should be primal. This passage shows that prayer should be real. That prayer should be positional. There's a position that we take in prayer. That it is experiential. It's an experience. And it's communal. Five things. I'm going to hit them briefly. But actually, not just this passage, but one verse shows. And some of you be like, well, why don't you read one verse? Well, it fleshes it out and you need to read the passage. But one verse shows all these things. Verse 15, the first one. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. It's actually all packed into that one verse. Okay. First, primal. Primal is like what is innate, what is like the, the first things, like things that are not taught. It's, it's primal. It's just, it's, it's in us. Anyway, what's primal in this? Well, Abba. Abba, Father. Abba is translated literally like Daddy. Daddy. Actually, though, even more so, it's translated like Dada. Okay? Dada. So let's think back to, you know, babies, infants. What is their first cry? It's not, you know, daddy or, you know, the name that we come up with. It's more like dada, mama. It's primal. It's innate, okay? And, and as we grow up, I mean, we can get, you know, cute names for grandparents. You know, my, my, my boys call her granddaddy Hugh Daddy. Happy right here. You know, I mean, you're thinking through names. And even, you know, when you're like 8, 9, 10, like say my oldest Jack's age, you'll call, you know, daddy kind of in a sweet way. But you're already, you know, as a child, you can already be calculating. You know, you'll say, oh, I love you, daddy, but I really want to get this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He'll do that. But when you're, you're an infant baby, you just want dad dad. You just want like his, his neck or his face or just be close. You just want him. You're like, what does that have to do with prayer? Well, it's a lot. Do we want something? Or how calculated are we in our prayers? Or do we just want daddy? We just want dad dad. See, when you're a Christian, and this might help some of you know if you're a Christian or not. And yeah, we got a baptism service January 29th. If you hadn't, it's three weeks from today. Love to see many, many baptisms. I do believe this. When you're a Christian, and it says it right here, this is not my opinion, the Holy Spirit gives you a different language, a new language. And you get like all that God has given you, and you just want Him. Through joys, blessings, challenges, like you just want God. You just want Dad Dad. And it becomes primal. And it is different. Do you have that? Do you have that? It's real. So it's primal. Prayer should be real. Like, how do you, you call real? Well, again, it's all packed into one verse. Verse 15. It says, we cry. We cry. Does it say we rejoice? Uh, does it say um, we proclaim? It says we cry. Prayer 
needs to be very, very real. You know, I mean, a lot of folks think, and, you know, become a Christian and nothing bad is going to happen to me. And that's, we know that's not the case. Uh, some people think, well, I'm a Christian, so now everything really should be much more smooth sailing. So, like, now I, I can definitely know purpose and all relationships healed. And, you know, even though, you know, the physical ailments that come at me, you know, let's say sufferings, financial or physical, you know, it'll be, no. Guess what? There's like still depression. I mean, there's still dark nights of the soul. I know. And if you think that shouldn't be the case of the pastor, that's not very real. Prayer should be the most real thing, and we should, we should cry. We should cry to our dad-dad. And, you know, I think Romans 8 is, uh, you get down to it, it's one, of the most, it's one of the most realistic chapters in the Bible. And it, it actually, I mean, well, it's kind of like life stinks in a way. You know, Happy New Year. Um, you know, like, where does it say that life? Well, it's groanings. It says groanings three times. Three times in, in Romans 8. Groanings. And the word groaning, when, uh, when it's, it, it's really, the translation is more like sinking. Like you're, you're you know, think, of, think of Peter, you know, sinking and calling out to the Lord. So you're, you're groaning. So the first time is about creation, verse 22. And this is one of the reasons I read this whole passage. Verse 22, the whole creation groans. Verse 23, we groan as individuals. And then, this is what's interesting, verse 26, the Holy Spirit groans for us. Same word, all three times. Same translation, it's not a different meaning. So there's the groanings of creation, and you, know, you can think about this with just the brokenness from a cell to a storm, to a groaning of a human life, but then to the groanings of the Holy Spirit. And so, I point this out, it's, see, when we have the Holy Spirit in us, and a lot of us are challenged right now with um, creational groanings, uh, so cancer, uh, physical illness, or, you know, somehow you're, you know, debilitated, or maybe your child's debilitated in some way, I know that. Okay? I know that. Uh, some of you may just be groaning, you know, emotionally. Um, you know, we, we groan out. Something's not right with work or maybe there's brokenness in a relationship or divorce. So we groan out. But then, and this should be very, very encouraging, the Holy Spirit groans for us as a Christian. And I also think the Spirit I want to say this, who, who are you groaning to? The Holy Spirit directs our groaning. Are you groaning to the Lord? And it's very encouraging in that our groanings can actually grow us. Only by the Holy Spirit. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we will be crushed. I think we'll be crushed by this life. By the groanings of creation. But the Holy Spirit has you know, grown to the, to the living God. Grown to Dada. And he's there. Last thing I'd say about this part is, you know, talking about kids and babies, you know, I'm blessed to see all three boys born, you know, and that, so blessed to hear their first sounds. And you think about this as a new Christian, because some of you are new Christians, you know, 
You know, it, it wasn't like happy to be here. It wasn't like, you know, peace and joy. I mean, it was more like, man, I'm, I'm cozy, I'm comfortable, I'm warm, and now I've got like, you know, who are you? And what this do with a knife? I mean, or scissors or whatever they got, you know? And like, you know, you're messing around. I mean, and being saved is always called a new birth. So probably a lot of us or a lot of you are like comfortable and cozy in our sin. And then we come out into the light, and it's like, oh, man, what are you doing? All messing with, picking at me? And we groan. But like all those doctors and like me and the boy's mom, trying to help our, our babies, our new birth. And that's what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. So it's real. It's primal. And then also it is positional. I actually think this is the most important one. So if you hear nothing else, Listen to this, positional. Abba, Father. We have a position. God is our Father. God is our Daddy. God is our Dada. Why is that most important? Well, think about if you are, well, it goes down and says we're heirs. We're heirs. Heirs. You're an heir. What's an heir do? An heir is a child of the living God. We're adopted sons and daughters. What do heirs get? Heirs get everything. Heirs get everything from Dada. So why is this most important? Well, if you know you get everything, and then you just want daddy. just want Dada. You see, Jesus was the first to call God Father. And he said for us to pray, our Father, so that we could have God as a Father too. And like, well, how can he be Father? That's why it's most important. This is, this is about salvation. This is about when you accept Jesus in your heart, or you ask God to say, accept me on what Jesus has done. Here's the deal. So when God looks, if you're a Christian, if you say I'm a Christian, then when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. When God looks at you, he sees what Jesus has done. You don't have to earn your way to God. That's called religion. What we're looking at is the gospel, and there's a big, big difference. And the gospel is Jesus came to do what none of us could do and died in our place so that we could know God as Father, as Daddy, and get everything from Him. Now, that outrages me. And I think if it doesn't outrage you, you're not going to be fully transformed by it. So the whole deal about, well, can a bad person get everything that Father has? Yes, A bad person could actually have the favor of God on them. How does that happen? Well, think about this. I love my kids more when they're being bad. Man, come on. Come on, Logan. You break my heart. I love you. Come on, Jack. I mean, you're breaking my heart. Get that? I love my kids more when they're, and some of you with older kids probably really know. Say amen if you do. Not me? Okay, well, it's good. We'll be real. But you love them more when they're, you know, off the way we're past. So, yeah, God can give favor to somebody because it's, it's not about what we do. And I keep, I keep going back to this. If, if you know you've got everything, if you're given everything, then maybe you just go to God for him and not for what he can give you because you're already going to get everything. You're like, what's everything? Well, yes, I talked about groanings and sufferings. 
But yes, eternal life. And I mean, you can read, look, you can read some of the letters of Paul. Uh, otherwise, Ephesians, he talks about the riches of glory. First uh, Peter talks about that. <laughs> you're getting everything as a Christian. And, and this is the wake-up call. Because I know some of you are like, I just don't get that. Or, you know, life kind of stinks right now. I'm not really getting all the glory, you know. Well, then the Holy Spirit has not opened your heart or your eyes. And that's, that's just, that's period. That's the seriousness, the weight of it. Your eyes are just, you're blinded. You are. And I'm not, you know, and I've been blinded before. And you have to fight for awakening. That's why it's a daily discipline. But you get everything. That's the Bible. That's the gospel. Not based on anything we do. Based on what Jesus has done. You know, and your bad life, God can give favor to. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the Bible says. It's no opinion of mine. It is no opinion of mine. So if you're debating that, you've lived in religion for far too long. And you think my self-worth is based on what I do and how I look and who I am or my family. No, not to God. Not to Dada. Not to Dada. That's the glory and grace of the gospel that this, you know, bad dude that's, you know, the ground at the cross is equal. And I'm saying this over to, if you don't get that, you're not getting the gospel, guys. That's why I'm kind of hammering this home. It's the most important thing I'm saying today. This is the gospel. It is, we're not a religious church. We're a gospel-centered church. Two other things real quick. It's experiential, so prayer. Primal, innate, real, positional. Our position is a child to God. Experiential. Real quick, verse 15, the Spirit convicts us. You have received the Spirit as adoption of sons. But verse 16 is a reminder. Now, I always would read this and be like, okay, yeah, it's just kind of restating it. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Okay, just, you know, it's just like often how we do and, you know, I'm the worst of it. Just read and, oh yeah, in one, you know, one ear out the other. Prayer is an experience because, okay, we're convicted. Uh, we say we're a Christian. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. But we, re- we need reminding every day because what I just said previously, some of you are like, I just... Don't, that's why I say it's not my opinion, it's the Bible. So the Spirit has to remind us day after day after day. And there's an experience to it. For example, keep using the kid daddy analogy, okay? If you are walking with dad, you know he loves you and you're holding hands, and I'll walk with Jack, Logan, or Ethan and, you know, love them and he loves me, it's good. But when I hold them, when I cuddle or snuggle, as Logan likes to do, there's a different experience, okay? He knows the love's the same. I mean, my love hasn't changed, but when I'm cuddling or snuggling, you know, they, know, they experience it more. And so for us, we need the Spirit to remind us. Many of you, if, I can't say all, but many of you are Christians, you know, and, and you know the Father's love, and, and you may even be listening to me like, yeah, 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 got it, yeah, yeah. You are not experiencing the Holy Spirit. Like, why do you say that? Because you're consumed with um, what people think of you. And I know that's the case for many. Uh, you're, you're really, really anxious about things. Um, you have a lot of worry, doubt. Um, you know, you're groaning, and, and groanings are real. You feel attacked. Maybe you feel attacked by people. 
Maybe bitter, you know, the seeds of bitterness have really taken root. So I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm saying you're not experiencing it. You're not experiencing the Father's love. You need reminding um, by the Bible, by brothers and sisters in Christ, by, by preachers, pastors, teachers, mentors. So prayer should be where we get this experience that, man, dad, dad loves me. And you don't have to be or feel attacked or anxious. You know, you just, you know him. And then the last thing is, it's communal, which is a community. Like, where do you see that? Verse 15, by whom we cry, we, we. Jesus said, pray to our father. He didn't say, he didn't say your father. He didn't say my father. He didn't say the father. He said, pray our father who art in heaven, our father. Listen, prayer should be, it's a very private thing. It's a very, very private thing. But if you don't have people around you where you can say, our father, you really are not going to be able to say, my father. Because you're not going to really know the father. I keep going back to this. The church is God's plan A and there's no plan B. We are two as Christians, live in community. And you need people around you where you can say, our father. You need people around you, we need people around us that we can groan to. That will hear our groanings. Hear me out. If you can't do that, then you're really, I don't think, going to know your heavenly father is my father. You're like, what do you mean? Because I think those people around you show you different, the Holy Spirit works through them. Works through, you know, that's why we do, we do prayer requests for members so everybody can be praying and knowing together. We don't just do that as a program. We're trying to grow our communal life of prayer. And let me say this, you know, I'm a church man. I mean, I, this is what I do. I'm a pastor. You say, you know, I got those people that I could say our father to. I got those people I could groan to. They're outside Bellwether Church. Oh, and by the way, I'm here worshiping. What's the point? And hopefully that's nobody here, but that may be. Then you, we need to groan together. Know our father together. And yes, they're close friends relationships, but... I mean, why I do what I do, what inspires me is building a community, that communal prayer life here. Here. And you're like, well, I don't know if I have that. Well, then maybe there's groaning that needs to be done. Openly. I mean, church is not a show. It's not a joke. I'm not playing games up here. Worship seems not, people aren't playing games. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying you are, but, but often we kind of use it as a tool and our, our deeper relationships are kind of outside. I just, just not the church I want to be, ever. I, mean, I want to be primal here. I want to be real here. I want us to know our position here. There's a spirit-led supernatural experience and a community. And that's probably why, you know, the Lord moved on me. It's, it's not about praying for. It's like, we need to examine the prayer life of, you know, of this, this body. So, so closing, I would just say this. There's a, an old hymn has been in my, my mind. and um, I said at the opening prayer, to God be the glory through Jesus. No, oh, come to the, excuse me. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he has done. I'll say that slowly, okay, as we close out here. Oh, come to the Father. Do you come to the Father? 
through Jesus the Son. Do, do you know that's the only way you can come to the Father is the cross? That's why the cross is so important. Come to the Father through Jesus the Son. But in the cross, anybody and everybody at any time, any moment, that's why new year, new life, new day, that's the good news of the gospel. You can come to the Father through Jesus' Son and give him the glory, the glory, great things he has done. You know, I don't know about the great things he's done. He broke through space and time and he came to us fully. Talked about that Christmas Eve. Uh, he's, he's given us, blessed us with just the gift of, of life. He's given every one of you many gifts. Some gifts that are just innate in your DNA. Other gifts that are like, you know, societal, you know, outside that come to you. Like family and opportunities and jobs and generational connections. Those are, it's all gifts. Great things he has done. He's given us together. Many of us are groaning now. Let's, let's be real. Let's groan together. Let's know our Father. That's why... That's why like I said, it's not about just a show or just kind of trying to be good. That doesn't get us anywhere. Jesus does, and he offers it freely. God is there freely. So, oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son. Give him the glory, great things he has done. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just pray eyes are opened because um, there, there's so much... There's so much blindness in our world um, about who you are, about what you expect. And at the end of the day, it is us saying, accept me on what Jesus has done. And you do. And then we have Dada. And we have all that you are and have. And I just I pray that would be very, very viscerally real to people. Not even just spiritually real, but just like in their, in their being, in their core for this people, for this, this church. Pray that. Pray it hard. Pray it real hard. And I, I, I can't, can't do it on my strength, so I just have to let go and trust that you're working because you're over and above and glorified and everything. And so we love you, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen.